You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact as told by the very changemakers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode number 18 of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown, and in this episode, Chinelo Nuasu, the head of social impact at Tumblr, joins me to talk about how the company is using its people and product for good. With that, let's get into the show. Chinelo, welcome to Behind the Impact. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. Very excited to chat with you. I've been looking forward to this since you and I first spoke about you getting on the podcast. So very much excited to chat with you about your career and all the things that you're doing at Tumblr. Before we get into Tumblr, what I would love to do is learn more about your background and how you actually got into social impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, It kind of was a roundabout way. Kind of looking at it, but now that I think about it, as, as I tell this, as I, I've told the story before, but as I tell it, I'm like, it kind of makes sense. Um, so right after college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I knew two things that I wanted to be of service and I wanted to see a different part of the world. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, um, born and raised um, in a Nigerian household um, with um community service really uh, enthralled in my upbringing, like really um, ingrained in my upbringing. Um, so those two things, I wanted to, to be of service and see a different part of the world. Um, so like anyone does, they join the Peace Corps. Um, so my first big move was out of my parents' home um, to a small village in Rwanda. Uh, where I spent three months with a host family and 35 other Americans learning a language um, that would take me through the rest of my Peace Corps service. Um, and I taught English there. I often say that I taught English. I say that I taught English because that was like the the label that was given to the to my service. But really, I like to look at it as me teaching confidence to my students. Um, so I help them really get comfortable speaking to an English language, uh, uh, a native English language uh, speaker, um, and use the words that they knew in a way that, uh, you know, for the purpose that language is used to, to be, to communicate. Um, so while there, um, I saw, I did a number of other projects and in doing that, I saw a lot of, and I volunteered while on my volunteer trip. Um, So I saw a lot of well intentions, but not necessarily the connection with communities um, that were were needed. Um, For example, especially being in in a high, in a country like Rwanda that has a lot of global, at the time had a lot of global aid funneling in and people wanting to do well, um, but not doing the necessary uh, research. So I, I, I volunteered for an organization um, and uh, that were doing like life-changing surgeries for people within, in Rwanda. Um, and while we were taking care of the patients, we realized that the aftercare product, the aftercare like uh, instructions were all in Afrikaans. And no one in the country speaks that. <laughs> um, so um, just a little bit of like, um, a little bit of understanding what the needs of countries are, are or the needs of the service community is, um, goes a long way to actually getting the impact that you want. So from there, I wanted to you know, be that connection 
um, a conduit for change. Um, um, and coming back from from Rwanda after a few after a few years, um, I looked into development. I started working at Teach for America on their fundraising team and really understanding. Um, uh, what makes people want to give, what are the barriers for giving, um, how they give, what attaches them to stories, even if they're not initially attached to them um, in the beginning. Um, that really introduced me to like storytelling and uh, what that looks like, giving um, people within a program a voice that also helps the, the actual service group. Um, and then from there, I went back to, I went back to the classroom for a little bit because uh, I kind of missed uh, working with kids. Um, I was an assistant dean uh, of culture and, um, and discipline at a charter school in Brooklyn um, while I was getting my master's degree in international affairs. And while I was there um, getting my master's degree, I took a course in corporate social responsibility. It was one of the very few, I'm a hands-on learner, so it was one of the very few kind of like example-driven uh, non-theory courses that I took. Um, and a light, um, a light kind of started going off. And I was like, I think this is it. This is where, like, I've been working at nonprofits for a very long time. Um, and I was like, you know, this is where um, you're able to drive real impact. Uh, not saying that organizations don't um, necessarily do that, um, but there is a lot of power inside of companies corporate entities, consumer brands that, um, that money holds, but also um, the brand enthusiasts, the community behind that future, um, future brand enthusiasts as the world is changing and what, and what the world is changing into. You can't just make great products. You have to be able to stand for something. Yep. And, uh, and that's where you really align with your consumers or the, uh, those who are intaking your product. Um, and from there, um, I worked a little bit at the British Council for a bit, another small NGO um, based in Brooklyn called Impact Network, where I did a little bit of like program management for um, uh, students in e-learning in Zambia. Um, and then I found my way to RED, um, AIDS organization, where um, another light went off and uh, I got to really um, lean on my creativity and um, create See these big ideas. Some were put into, you know, put into action. Some weren't. But being in a being in rooms with really creative people, making really huge um, campaigns come to life. Red, um, you may not know this, but Red, you know, you've seen the iPhones, you've seen the big campaigns, um, and it's only about twenty to twenty five people oh, that wow. run that. Yeah, I was surprised when I, I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> um, so it's about twenty to twenty five people who run that whole show. And uh, to be in the room with like some of the most creative folks, uh, making some big events go off and make a really large impact um, also helped me put together that course that I took and really seeing the impact of those large brand names um, that really put the hands of impact in the AIDS fight. And now um, uh, global pandemics as, uh, as COVID came around making a shift. Um, put the hands in consumers where they can purchase a product they will purchase a product they're going to purchase anyway and um, do good in the same, whether they know it or not. So either you like the color or you like the cause, either way you can make a difference. Um, and then after that, uh, because I had so much um, experience there, um, 
I joined Tumblr. Um, I just uh, looking at the job here. I was like, this is this is for me. This is what I want to do. Um, and uh, I'm living a dream right now. <laughs> nice. One thing I want to go back to and really highlight is something you said about uh, being in Rwanda and mm -hmm. uh, teaching. Uh, you mentioned that you felt like you're giving yes. students confidence. And I love how you you phrase that because it sounds like you had a knack early on to figure, to really identify what your purpose was at each step of your career. And that, and now you're seeing it manifest in the work that you're doing at Tumblr. Yeah. To be honest with you in it, I, I was like, I don't know why they gave me these children. <laughs> uh, to, <laughs> I felt like I didn't know what I was doing, but to be honest with you, all of the people around me could see that. Um, and I feel like it wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing until after the fact. It was a lot of people seeing it. Um, a lot of my co-volunteers co and other people being witness to the work that I was doing. I mean, like Chinalo. Uh, you're doing a great job. Like I know you, you're not a traditionally traditionally um, trained teacher, but the students respond to you, they react to you, and I think that was a, a part of that helped me to really grow into the person I am today, um, and really just showing up as me. So like I show up to everywhere uh, as much as me as possible, and if I can't show up, ninety nine percent me, I don't want to be there. Um, so I which I showed up as me to the classroom, big outfits, crazy hair, and my kids would respond and, and they love it. I still have uh, uh, communication with some of them. Um, and I think that really helps being in a space to um, be truly you and be fully you. And that really helps the work that you wanna do. A lot of the work that I'm doing with Tumblr really um, aligns with the work that I'm doing for myself. The work that um, I know um, I need as a Tumblr, as a Tumblr user, or I need as a potential Tumblr user. Um, yeah, so being able to bring bring myself into the work as well. And when you made that move from the nonprofit space to Tumblr, mm -hmm. what was that process like? Did you were you applying to a ton of other companies and Tumblr was a one that just piqued your interest and there was a connection there? Because I know and I'm, I'm asking this question very specifically because the people that I've talked to for the podcast and just over the years who've made that jump from the nonprofit space to the for-profit space, it has been a lengthy period of time because of how competitive the social impact profession actually is. Yeah, um, so it was intentional. Um, I wanted to be at a uh, a for-profit company um, leaving Tumblr, uh, sorry, leaving Net, nope, Netflix, leaving Red. <laughs> I wanted to be at a, <laughs> at a for-profit company leaving Red. Um, I thought it was, it was definitely time, especially with the experience that I had um, being on the other side of the table and really being able to um, anticipate the needs of nonprofits and being in a space that, um, and leaving a space that was so creative and really fueled um, my creativity and helped me see the things that I wanted to do and, and wanted to do for my next step. Um, so I applied for a number of positions, but none of them really, um, I feel like when I applied to Tumblr, it was less of an interview um, and it felt like more of co a conversation with already colleagues. Um, mm -hmm. The conversations that I had were more so an understanding of, and again, me coming fully, uh, fully as myself to any space, um, a, a conversation about you know where, how I, how I, how curious am I? Where I find out my information? 
what the things that I care about, um, the work that I want to do, why this is important, you know, things of that nature. And it wasn't like, here's this interview question. It was just a really good conversation flow. Um, and I was like, I, 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 this feels good. This feels like this is already mine. Um, even it, in like the first couple of rounds of interviews. Um, and that was, that's what made me um, at the end choose Tumblr. So then now let's get into Tumblr. Let's talk yes. about what social impact looks like at the company. Yeah. So social impact looks, what, what that looks like at the company is um, really us understanding our, our users. Um, it's a social media platform. So um, we have to figure out what's trending, um, what um, our users need, and that means scraping the corners of the internet. Um, so there are some, some larger needs, but there are some, some smaller needs of, of some of our more vulnerable uh, uh, populations on the platform. Um, we have a, a large number of about 60% of our new users are Gen Z, um, and they are LGBTQIA plus identifying. So we want to make sure that we are, um, are addressing that community in all if not all of our um, activities, um, all of our activities. Um, so what that looks like is intersectionality across all of our three pillars. Our three pillars are racial justice, uh, mental health, and LGBTQIA plus equity. Um, so uh, my goal um, here at Tumblr was first to find, uh, to identify those three goals. Um, and then make sure that we are being um, as our or as authentic in our our programming as possible. Um, so mental health comes to us very naturally. LGBTQIA plus comes to us very naturally. Um, uh, we are um, we are putting our effort forth as we you know Tumblr has been a space for um, activism. I mean, we want to make sure that we shine a light on racial injustice. So we are we are pushing that forward as well. Um, but the work that I'm doing is to make sure that it's not just you can't you're not just finding our social impact resources and campaigns on um, our designated owned and operated blogs for social impact. You can also find these things across our other operate owned and operated blogs. So, um, for example, um, what was it? Last year for World Sleep Day, we partnered with the World Sleep Society and we did a, what I like to call a guerrilla warfare campaign of uh, log off and go to sleep. Um, we, our users logged on on, I think it was March 19th of 2021. They logged on on March 19th and we told them very loudly to log back off and go to sleep. Take some time away from your computer, back up. Um, and not just in our in our dashboard advertisement, they saw it across all of our owned and operated uh, blogs. They saw it in our um, on the side panels. They saw it as they logged in. They saw uh, they saw us tell them to go to sleep. So what that looks like was, you know, in our fashion blog, uh, what do you wear to go to sleep? Um, on our music blog, music to go to sleep to. On our entertainment blog, some of their favorite people from fandom falling asleep. Uh, um, we even had. Um, guided naps, uh, things of that nature that just were flooding our, um, flooding the platform. So really understanding at that time, a lot of our users were talking about not getting a lot of sleep. It was coming out of a very big, um, the 2020 election that our users were still reacting to, um, insomnia, the changes in, 
and what we're going through with COVID and people having issues with that. So giving our users not only giving them resources for sleep health, their sleep health, but also making it fun. Um, so things like that. Now, when you're creating a program, obviously you know the importance of having goals in place that you're that are basically your north star and that you're trying to steer mm -hmm. towards. For individuals, companies who are earlier on in their program lifecycle, or even just trying to create one, and they're trying to mm -hmm. figure out goals for themselves, how did you come up with the goals for Tumblr from a social impact perspective? I feel like so for this for. It's interesting because I feel like here at Tumblr, it is for the campaigns, it is a moving target. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, campaigns are more reactive yep. uh, than I even thought they would be. So it's a it's responding to again what's trending. We have new users every day. We have new people talking about things. We have things going viral from time to time on Tumblr. So understanding that and what is uh, timely and making sure that it is relevant and also organic and makes sense for the time, that's re that's more so reactive. Um, something that we've placed goals on are, is more so our ad donation program that um, I built out back in December of 2020. Um, and that was a goal to make sure that we are amplifying large and small organizations um, across the board um, and helping them utilize our um, one of our premium uh, advertising units, which lives at the top of our dashboard. So that means that if you sign on on web or um, on via the app, everybody gets to see this. So you can promote a donation. You can this. You can use it as a donation mechanism. You can promote an event. You can um, you can use it for anything, and it can link out to your blog if you have one. Um, as a nonprofit or advocacy organization, or it could link out to a resource or whatever, whatever, um, whatever your KPI is for 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 that particular thing. So those types of goals we set, just understanding our our capacity to be able to give, um, and for our campaigns, it's really um, some some companies uh, base it on you know what's the most article worthy or buzz worthy type of thing. Um, and I like to look at it as who are we helping? Um, is this resource, this resource that's being created or this campaign that's being created, um, is that, is it being useful? So I am, I'm the person that is putting on our last, um, last October, in October, right before, no, November, right before how, for, um, before Thanksgiving, I did one of our first ever um, six-week campaigns called Holiday Blues to address seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. Um, so put that on, and I'm in, I'm in the comment. We had about, we had six classes, we had six weeks, four classes each week. I'm in the comments of each post, making sure, you know, that checking to make sure that people are enjoying, enjoying Meditation Monday. People are enjoying our Flex Fridays or enjoying the playlist that we partnered with um, uh, music artists for, to, to curate, to make sure that we're understanding what our users need so that the resources that we create actually service the people who need them. Are you a team of one? Yes. <laughs> this has fluctuated a few times, um, having one other person, but usually it, it is me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's common. You know, I feel like probably 90% of the folks that I talk to who run programs are a team of one. And I'm always so impressed with how, how scaled out their programs are. There's a lot that goes into building out a program. How do you do it as a team of one? How are you in all these different initiatives and, and, and building this program from scratch? 
I don't know. My my um, I'm on. I sit on the marketing side of of Tumblr, um, and my wider team. They are like, I don't understand how you do all of these things and keep everything afloat and still have time to like div and dabble yep. into other parts of of the of the company. Um, and I'm like, I don't know how I do it either. Um, I think it's I, to be honest with you, I think it's the creative part of me that is um, that kind of gets a big idea and wants to see it um, see it come to fruition. Um, that six week campaign that involved creators, content creators that involved different, I think we had like nine, 10 partners, um, uh, copy design, all that jazz. And it, and it does not come, I mean, it does not come easy, but it's also, um, I can't say that my, um, design team did not, was not, did not take a big hand in that, you know, had a lot of help on the other side. Like it was a big idea, but it was also a lot of project management and delegation to other people within the organization. Like I need this done by this time so that these things can go off with, without a hitch. Um, so there's being a team of one, yes, but also being able to lean on other people for um, other parts of the organization um, to make sure uh, that things get done. And sometimes being a squeaky wheel a little bit uh, <laughs> helps. <laughs> <laughs> and so as a team of one, do you have any advice for other folks who are in that same boat in terms of working cross-functionally with other departments, other team members to help build a social impact program? Yeah, definitely. Um, I. Although I am a team of one, so uh, I make sure that I touch base, even if it's via Slack, um, or sometimes I have weekly uh, sit downs with uh, people who are not directly attached to my team, um, but we may have opportunity to partner. Um, I just, you know, I, I chat with them, tell them what's on my mind, bounce ideas off of them, um, and see how they want to be a part of it. Um, I, Early on in my time at Tumblr, I I threw a round of I I launched our Black and Excellent blog, which houses our all things Black and Excellent, uh, um, where our our hub for Black stories. Um, but I had this idea to I was like I want to start a content series, um, and I was just saying this in passing with uh, one of our um, uh, partnerships person on our partner entertainment partnerships team and our music um, and fashion partnerships team. And an opportunity came up where we started off, we ended up starting the content series a lot earlier than I had expected. Um, and the first interview was with Quinta Brunson, who is a longtime Tumblr OG. Um, so we were able to start off Black, uh, Black and Excellent, the interview series with, with that person. But that just came out of me having this conversation, having a big idea and being able to talk to someone about it. Um, and people being, and get other people excited about the idea and them wanting to be a part right. of it and wanting to give, you know, that opportunity to me, um, through their own connections. Um, so that's still growing out and that, that's just really how I build out a lot of my programs, just like kind of throwing little pebbles here and there and seeing and, and noticing the excitement and be like, oh, that hearing from other people who are Tumblr users, hearing from other people who understand the product or whatever consumer, whatever brand you are at and hearing from them like, oh, that would be a good idea. Oh, that would be a great idea. And start building it out because you're getting, you're getting, you're already getting buy-in. And I, I don't even know if you know it or they know it um, at the time that they're already kind of um, committed to the work that you're about to do. Got it. So we talked a little bit about Tumblr as a product in terms of how it's being used for good. 
What about employees? How are employees involved in your programming or other things um, in order to give back to the communities that they live in? Yes. So um, currently, um, Tumblr and our uh, our uh, our parent company, Automatic, we are globally distributed. We have been for years uh, since the induction, since the creation of of automatic so i think over a decade automatic has been um globally distributed um so now tumblr has that opportunity as well um i know in the past we because of covid i came on right um smack dab in the middle of covid um i've been working with um with automatic to try and figure out ways to get our um to get our employees wherever they may be um in spaces where they can volunteer so that is you know still being built out um as we look at our new normal um but in other ways that we're involving employees is making sure that our voices are heard so the 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 alignment of our three pillars were not just oh this looks good but also the understanding of what our employees stand for right now um and what uh uh, what and making sure that those those three pillars also reflect um, what we believe internally. Um, additionally, on our platform, um, right after uh, the murder of George Floyd um, and a number of other things um, that happened in the world in 2020, um, we uh, we saw a, a a Black Lives Matter and a few other. Um, other tags trending on um, on Tumblr, and they stayed there for a very long time. Um, and to make sure that um, because those are trending so much, we also wanted to make sure that they under that our users, uh, platform uh, newbies, understood that Tumblr also cares about things. Um, so we also introduced things Tumblr things we care about, which is kind of under our staff picks. So it's also tags um, picked by our staff um, that we talk about internally um, and we field internally to make sure that um, we keep them up to date. Um, so there are things like um, there are things like stop Asian hate, there's COVID um, around the time of uh, uh, the remembrance of Breonna Taylor, um, the tag changed to, uh, some of the tags changed to, uh, say her name or Breonna Taylor, um, things of that nature. So, uh, while we are still making sure that our users, uh, we still make sure that our employees, sorry, that our employees, um, are able to, to do volunteer, to get out and do volunteer in their local areas. Um, we are making sure that they are seen on the platform as well. We're also making sure that um, it's not just Tumblr as an entity. It's uh, the, the people who are writing content, who are making copy. Um, we make sure that we say their names. We make sure that uh, we all have Tumblr, Tumblr employees all have Tumblr um, Tumblr blogs. So we make sure that our our uh, usernames are on the forefront. If we are curating a blog, um, we just relaunched our LGBTQIA plus focused blog. Um, now, now you can find it at prideplus.tumblr.com. Um, and one of my great colleagues, Lowell, is running that with copy and um, creating content and curating that um, specifically for um, that, that vibrant community on the platform. And we make sure that, that that is in the about section. It's like a, it's a, a love letter or, or a, a 
a a a a letter to the people who are going to intake that content. Same thing with um, our Black and Excellent blog, our Black Excellence blog, um, and it's and and we're turning it up across our other ONOs as we start. We're starting to see our users really respond to. Oh, this is just not this is not a Tumblr bot. This is a person behind this actual blog. Brilliant. So coming into Tumblr during the pandemic, having a globally distributed team, what are some of the lessons you've learned as the head of social impact coming in, building something from scratch and and collaborating with employees and, and, and part, making for, and partnerships? What are some of the lessons you've learned throughout that whole entire uh, cycle, if you will? Take your time. <laughs> um, yep. take, take your time. Um, no idea is think bigger that, yeah, I was about to say, no idea is too small. I think when I first started at Tumblr, I was thinking like really one of my, uh, I was in a chat with the former CMO and he was like, I don't think you're thinking big enough. And I was like, this is a great idea. What are you talking about? This is great. And then I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not thinking big enough. Um, so look, you can, you think the biggest and you can always scale down. Um, some things that you think may not be able to happen with a team of one. Um, you can always push a date back. Like I, I think for that six week campaign that I wanted to start, it was actually supposed to be an eight week campaign. And because I was doing it all by myself, like I had to have a conversation with um, someone who was not on my team. And they were like, are you gonna be able to get this done? I was like, I can get it done, I can get it done. I was like, you wanna give yourself a little bit of, you know, a little bit of space, I was like, I can give myself a little bit of space too. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and also give yourself grace, you know, um, with social impact being new-ish, new, um, and looking very different at different companies. Um, you have to really understand what your company um, values, uh, what they value as impact, what that looks like, for, and what that looks like for you in your career. Um, so get, definitely give yourself some grace. Now, if you had to start a program from scratch, knowing what you know now, where would you start and why? I would start it. And if it wasn't in a pandemic, um, <laughs> I would start it um, a number of the facets of, of, of the program. I would start it with our service communities, the, the people that we want to impact the most. I feel like um, a lot of, uh, and, not, and I'm not just speaking of, like, I think a, a lot of, of impact organizations, social impact, nonprofits, uh, things that want to, uh, or entities that want to help often sometimes skip the step, skip the step of doing deep dives into and having conversations with the people who they want to service. Um, and I think that is a very large misstep um, because I think we come from a place, even if we're not the most privileged, but those who are able to help, we come from a place of privilege sometimes handing down what we think will help an or a, a, a community or a subsect of a community um, instead of actually um, instead of just helping um, helping um, I don't know if listeners are hearing the quotation marks helping um, but also um, make sure that they are a part of the creation of this this uh, these resources or the help that is coming their way they know best um, and then reassess on how the organization can or the company can actually um, implement and put this, these things into action. In terms of having those individuals a part of that process, what does it look like and, and how do you get them a part of the process? 
a lot of work. It's a lot. I feel like it's a lot of, it takes time. I feel like um, where we are right now, a lot of companies want to build out a social impact, com- uh, a social impact program or startup and make it happen right now. But if there's actual real impact that needs to happen, there needs to be time, three to five years and where you're building real relationships, real partnerships with organizations, communities, um, so that you can make the, the, the right community investment. So it's not a quick, so it has longevity. So it's conversations around um, and finding the right partners that will be with you for the long haul um, to make sure that you're doing the right thing for your organization and for, for your company and for the organization that, or, or community that you want to help. Um, and yeah, making sure that, that you're having the right conversations with the right people. And that takes time to locate those people and have those conversations, asking the right questions, where money's going to, getting back reports, doing some pilots, um, and then building that out and scaling that up and seeing what that looks like. That's such great advice because you're right. I think, I feel like it's part of the, kind of like the startup culture where we wanna move so quickly. And Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, if there is real impact that needs to be made, you need to take your time. You have to go out there. You have to talk to the people that you're trying to serve. That's such great advice. Yeah, I mean, you can implement, but you 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 may want to just implement as a reference point uh, right. to make sure that this is a learning point that you can go for from, and not necessarily, you know, now we can grow from here. Because yeah, right. yep. What do you listen to, read, or watch just to ensure that you're on top of what's going on? in the social impact profession and how it's evolving? Because it's definitely evolving. It's evolving very quickly. Yes. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to, uh, is it called Scene on Radio? I think that was like, that's that's a big one. What season was that? I think they talk about uh, Seeing White, which is, I forget what's the, I think it's like season three. Everyone should go and listen to that right now. Um, (laughs) Um... I listen to Dollars and Change, which is, um, I think, by Wharton Business School on social impact. Um, I listen to The Skim. I listen to The Daily Brew. Um, I watch a lot of, uh, I like a little comedy with my news. I, um, I watch a lot of, uh, I don't like watching the news. I watch a lot of Trevor Noah. I don't like watching the news because it makes me sad, so I watch it with comedy. <laughs> um, John Oliver. Um, I read a lot of yeah. books uh, by black female writers um, uh, just to make sure that I am still learning for, my, for myself as I am growing into the person I am um, and making sure that uh, the right voices are being heard and things of that nature and things that I need to think about. Um, yeah, that's, oh, and I also, and I also reach out, so I will randomly, uh, so anyone in social impact, if you are listening, I, you might find me in your DMs on LinkedIn, because I will write you just to sit and talk to you about the things that you're doing. I, re- I recently sat down and spoke with uh, uh, the social impact person over at Sephora and another person at Estee Lauder, just to understand the work and some people who are running their own social impact entities, like just to be in that space and um, 
um, social impact person over at Glossier, just like just to understand what people are working on, what social impact looks like at their companies, um, how they implement, and, and even more interestingly, so when we have the same similar partners, how are you how are you um, activating with this partner? What does that look like? Yeah. Okay, last question for you. With all your experience and everything you've experienced at Tumblr, what's the best part about being in the social impact profession? For me, uh, the best part um, is being able to do um, nonprofit work for a for-profit company and really being able to, um, that has always been like coming out of the it's coming out of the Peace Corps, um, that was one of my biggest goals to be able to be that conduit for change and do nonprofit work for a consumer brand um, and really see or feel like I am at, in the driver's seat of where things are going, how things are running for a, a company that has, um, that has the ability to make um, some major impact. Amazing. Chinello, thank you so much for joining me, telling me a little bit about your background and what Tumblr is up to from a social impact perspective. I got a lot out of this episode, and I know the listeners will definitely get a lot out of this episode as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.